0: Good when we're back popping That's it, so good, You've been to plenty corners of the world. Still Hello
1: find My like name, the name is Nicholas McInerney. Girl. I'm a playwright and lecturer. Ten years ago, I came out. I had been married for nearly 20 years and had two daughters. It was both terrifying and exhilarating. I was about to set out on a journey from one world to another where I was to reinvent myself or maybe to find out finally who I really was. I decided for the first time in my life to keep a diary. I wrote furiously, without censoring myself, straight from the heart. Ten years on, I want to invite you to come on that journey with me again. Each of these podcasts will include diary entries, and a discussion all about our shared experiences coming out as gay and bisexual men, dads, husbands and partners. Of course, we understand that reliving the past can inevitably bring up conflicting feelings of distress and pain for children and former partners. This is clearly not our intention. We also understand that personal memories are often disputed. We take responsibility for any factual inaccuracies. Names have also been changed throughout. Despite all this, we hope and believe that Rainbow Dads makes an important contribution to a healing process of understanding and self-acceptance. And by sharing our lives, we hope to include yours. Thank you.
0: It's all good when we're back popping That's it, numbsack, so good, it's chart You've been to plenty corners of the world Still won't find yourself
1: but nothing... The 9th of November, 2006. Yesterday, I took my first step into a world that I, for a long time, have contemplated but never quite had the courage to explore... Having joined an American group called How, Husbands Out to Wives, and become part of the UK contingent, which currently number four, I agreed to meet up at a gay pub in Soho called the King's Arms. So at about 7.30, I finished struggling with my iPod, another story, took a deep breath and pushed into a very old-fashioned pub, already packed to the rafters with a crowd of Furly, hairy, bearish-looking guys, drinking beer and pulling on cigarettes and doing that thing people do with their phones, which has become a kind of displacement activity, i.e. frantically texting to give the impression they are engaged in very important activity. Apart from a gently camp atmosphere and the presence of free gay listings magazines, strewn across tables, oh, and the almost complete absence of women, you'd never have guessed it was a gay pub. Later, around 10.30, I wandered around Paddington Station in floods of tears. Uncontrollable. Hello, welcome back to Rainbow Dads. And I'm here with Deep, Arnett and David, and we're talking about our uh, collective and individual experiences um, of uh, being married, coming out, and being gay gay or bisexual dads. And, uh, and this uh, podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, psych- the psychology, the psychological states that uh, we were in when we came out and how we moved forward from that. We talked a little bit last time about going out and exploring the sweetie shop until our teeth rotted um, and, and that aspect of it. But obviously... There's also, or at least in my, my personal experience, a deep hunger to have a really deep, proper, loving relationship with another man. But at the same time, I was wondering, having got come out and also then caught up in all of that psychodrama of the family separating and how distressing that was to everybody and how guilty I felt about it, whether I was in the right state to be able to even consider that. And I wondered how that uh, aspect, um, what your experience was of that aspect. I'm going to start with you, David.
2: So talking about um, relationships with men, I've never had a relationship with a man. So that's always eluded me. Um, But I'm quite optimistic. I think if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I think we were talking earlier about uh, love You know, being in a a loving relationship, some people don't experience that at all in their lives. I have experienced that with my wife. So for me, I have been in love and to some extent still am in love with my ex-wife.
1: That's interesting.
2: Um, Well, we have a loving relationship, so, you know, we are still close. Um, We spent, you know, 12 years in a happy marriage, so um, you don't just switch the light off as it were um, but with regards to uh, a loving relationship with a man I'd love to but whether that happens to me or not I don't know um, I think I probably could have had a, a relationship with a guy when I was in my 20s um, but for whatever reason it didn't happen if it had have happened my life maybe would have been completely different So um, I don't regret anything. I've got two fantastic kids and, you know, I had a loving relationship, as I say, with with a woman. So I have had love in my life. It would be nice to have love with a man, to experience that. Um, But it's not the be-all and end-all.
1: OK, let me explore some of that a wee bit more because that's Mm. really interesting. Um, When you uh, came out and... and, uh, uh, was it moved from one space into the into the other space as it were moved from um, self identifying as a gay man who was married into a more out gay man did did you feel that psychologically it it did it create problems for you in that sense did you feel a, a kind of conflict that was preventing you from from making that connection i'm just i just want to press you a little bit more about how you felt in terms of your your kind of psychological state. I mean, I went into... I did quite a bit of counselling, and I suspect that's something that's common to quite a few people who've been through this experience. But I just wanted to to know a little bit more about your Yeah,
2: well, my counselling was that I um, met these guys through Gay Dad's website. I also wrote a book about being a gay dad with other, you know, 10 other guys uh, and their stories. So that was my... That was my counselling. I didn't uh, feel the the need to go to a counsellor, but had it not been for that, I think, uh, you know, it would have been very hard for me.
1: Tell us a bit more about the book, because obviously that came, that was a decision that you made. How did you come to even consider writing it?
2: Because at that point that we're talking about when you come out, and I was looking for um, other stories of gay men in my situation, I couldn't find any. There were quite a few American um, books about uh, same-sex parenting or adoption or uh, stories about um, sports stars coming out. But there was nothing that spoke to me as a gay dad, someone in my situation, and I quite literally felt, although logically I knew it couldn't be the case, but I felt that I was the only one that it had ever happened to. So I was desperately searching for other guys in that situation. So the internet provided that got in contact with a group Um, and uh, but because I was looking for other stories and couldn't find them and I thought well I'll write the book myself so that so going through that whole process of um, you know getting the stories going through them rewriting them editing them whatever and hearing other people's stories was my therapy Um, and I I think had it not been for that I would have been in a much darker place.
1: Were there particular things that you took from that Experience of hearing other people's stories—that you, yeah, particular things that you took from writing the book that you could tell us about now in terms of that experience.
2: Well, the fact that the ten guys who took part all came from different backgrounds, religious backgrounds, you know, um, sociological background backgrounds, uh, financial backgrounds, jobs, whatever. Um, but the theme was always the same: that they'd married the person that they'd loved. Um, and I took a great strength from that because I think as a gay dad, you do feel like you've um, duped someone into, into a relationship, i.e. your wife, and that you've not been completely honest. Um, but I, I took specifically from those stories that love wins through and it just happens that the person that you fell in love with was a woman. Yeah. And, and as I said before, I'm still in love. With that woman, she's the only woman that I've been in love with, and she's the only person that I've been in love with, and um yeah, you know, I am a gay man, and I'm happy where I am now, um, but if I don't find a partner you know for the rest of my life, then so be it, you know, as I said, a lot of people go through their whole lives with never finding someone right. so yeah, I took the variety of stories and backgrounds that these guys come from so it's not just a a particular type of person or a particular background that you come from it's right across right across the board Um, and that you know we, we we do what we do for the right reasons
1: Deep did you feel you duped your wife when you got married to her uh, it's quite a powerful word, isn't it? Yeah, and I, right. I, I,
2: say, I say that, but I don't think at the time that I felt that I was for sure.
1: But I I absolutely connect with that because that's probably the source of some of but it's my a guilt, guilt, isn't it? Yeah, guilt yeah. around the breakup of the relationship yeah. in that you meet this person you care about deeply. And then somehow yeah. you've 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 deceived you see them yeah. and
3: betrayed yeah. them. Yeah, to I, mean, I, I can only have duped her in a sense that I would have duped myself as well because I didn't know any better. I didn't know my sexuality at the time. Um, it was something that i hadn't faced and come to terms with personally so had i been aware would i've done things differently perhaps but actually if i think back if i look back would i do things differently no i wouldn't because i loved her very much i've got two children with her um who we both love very much um we we share a lot in this world together Um, and we had some very good times as well. Um, and you know, when I got married, I never expected to not ever be married to anybody, uh, you know, not to get divorced to this person. I expected to spend the rest of my life with her. So, so I don't think duping is the right word, definitely, because it definitely didn't cross my mind that this relationship would ever have come to an end.
1: And what about your psychological journey? Did you ever have to go for counselling? Did you ever yeah, I mean, yeah. how how was it for you? So I
3: have had counselling. Uh, it was. And was really, it helpful, of course? So it was helpful to the extent that the first person I ever came out to was a counsellor, um, and I felt a huge weight being lifted off my off my shoulders. And I wasn't even there to talk about my sexuality, but that that obviously came out at the time. Um, one of the things that really helped me during my journey was reading a book called The Velvet Raid. Do you know what I, I was just going to oh. mention? I was thinking of that whilst David was talking. <laughs> which was, uh, so essentially yeah. it's a, an American psychologist who's been um, uh, working with gay men, um, bisexual men, uh, for, for, uh, for a number of years, who's written his, sort of his memoirs around uh, the journey that most men tend to go through that, in his experience. Um, and actually, quite a lot in his book resonated with me. Uh, the you know the the throwing myself in to prove myself to be really good at lots of other stuff, so that it deflects um, overcompensating basically. Yeah, overcompensating yeah. or lots of other things so that you don't have to uh, be accepted. But then equally. That overcompensation isn't just about my sexuality, it's also about my religious and my racial identity, which was significantly different. So I felt as though I had to be a role model for people of my faith, I had to be a role model for people of my race, I had to be the best that I could be at everything, because I wanted people to see me um, and the people that I resemble um, to be really good and really good at stuff. And... Uh, hence why I've got my values really uh, are very very strong so when we talked earlier about the need to go out and and find sex and all these things that for me is not important because my values are very different They're very, you know they're held together in a very different light because I want to be the best that I can be and from if you look at an Indian person that would be considered as being disrespectful to us so we just look at it in a different way I guess so yeah. OK.
1: And just tell us a little bit more about the counselling, because I do think it's it's helpful to talk about that. Um, explain why you went to the counselling and, and, and how that might have helped you in
3: terms of, of, as you say, finally being able to come out. So I went for counselling initially because I was suffering from work-related stress. Um, I had a particularly uh, busy, stressful job. Uh, but on top of that, it was a time when the relationship with my wife wasn't great. Uh, so that was putting an immense amount of pressure on me. Uh so essentially it was around sort of how to manage my work related stress and yeah. how to manage my marriage, uh, which wasn't working very well at the time and, and the realisation that probably it had come to an end, but I didn't know how to end it. Yeah. Um so I mean that served the purpose up to that point and I I'd never had to see the councillor again once I said those words of Really Um, you know, I'm gay. And, uh, was and that, she said, it's okay.
1: Is that Was that as a uh, response to a question that the counsellor
3: asked? I, you know what? I can't remember the circumstances at all. Okay. I just remember the second, I, I remember very little about the counselling other than that moment when I came out and said the words, I am gay. And it's the first time I've ever, ever said those words wow. to myself, uh, either um, consciously or subconsciously um and for me that was quite a powerful moment from that time on i've got a really good network of family and friends so i talked to my family and friends because up until this point i couldn't tell anybody but then i didn't know what i was telling anybody um essentially and i think uh, having said out of these words and said these words and admitted for the first time wow i said it and nothing happened <laughs> <The world laughs> you know, I, wasn't, not I wasn't struck down um for me that was quite a powerful <laughs> moment so i therefore then started talking to my friends and family and coming out to people and being able to talk and that for me was really really powerful the next time I had to see a counsellor was at the end of um, one of my very early um, gay relationships which came to an end and came crashing down Um, and um, so yes tell us a bit about
1: that tell us a bit about how you yes how you went into that relationship how long had you been separated from your wife, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, how that, that, that aspect of the journey.
3: So, so my wife and I had been separated for a, a number of years before we um, we actually separate, uh, before we actually ended the relationship, in the sense. Right. We had separate rooms and we did things separately with the kids, we both worked full time, so we spent very little time together. Um, so it was quite a number of years later, but uh, uh, certainly after I told her it was over, i probably met this person about a year later. Right. And, um, and we had quite an intense relationship and we are together for about a year, um, and it then all came to an end, and it came to an end because even though I've always been open about the fact that I'm a parent and I've, I'm a dad and I've got children, um, he, he said as a gay man he would never expected to be in a position where he would have children, and I said, but you haven't got children, I've got children. And he said, "Yeah, but I, I, it would change my life significantly, um, and I don't think I'm prepared to do that." Um, so for me, that was that was quite heartbreaking because, uh, you know, I've I've always been open about the fact that I have children. I, you know, um, and for to be with somebody who was that's fine. Um, but he'd never actually met my children because I don't I wouldn't introduce somebody to my children very early on. I need to know that I I know somebody intimately. And that there's a need to introduce them to my kids. And I I suppose that's probably quite telling because after a year, I was going to say, I mean, I. still met
1: them. Yeah, to me, the fact that you hadn't introduced, introduced. him to those children after a year is telling us it was, something about. It, it was more about, he didn't want the introduction. He didn't. Right, he, did, he didn't want to meet them. Yes. Yeah, so, right, okay. so
3: I suppose that should have been the red flag to me. Earlier, I guess Absolutely. But, <laughs> but <laughs> we always learn after. We are always learn after. We're so wise, aren't we, after the event? <laughs> Twenty Twenty Vision is
1: fantastic in retrospect.
3: Needless to say, I've 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 got better, and the current current partner I have is uh, is wonderful and is mm. great with my kids and. Um, you know, had a really good relationship.
1: So you had that first relationship with this guy. It lasted a year. Um, it came. You came out of it. It sounds like it was it had a crisis, and that you came out of it quite distressed. Very uh, distressed. Very distressed. Yeah. Okay. And uh, because you know, I'm thinking I, I would talk a little bit about my experience. But yes, no, I certainly relate to that. And moving forwards on from there, what happened then? Did you? go back on the dating game did you say i'm not going to go near a man ever again or yeah for so the latter i
3: needed i needed to do i needed to do a little so at that stage i needed to do, do a lot more work on me and focus on me because i think i'd focused on my coming out and my gay straight by identity i hadn't actually thought about me this is, this is this
1: person. is this is really important, isn't it? Because as I said, we load everything onto the se- on the question of sexuality, but of course, our sexuality is just part of that bigger picture, mm. which is ourselves. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. um,
3: so I then came across um, a, a life coach um, who is absolutely terrific in London, um, and he, he you know he coached me through um, some of the issues that I had that were actually my issues. Uh, that I hadn't dealt with because sexuality is only one part of us. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to, uh, complexities to a person, um, and I think that's what I overlooked because I thought, oh, coming out gay means it resolves all the issues, but it it didn't because I've now I've now reconciled with the fact that I identify as an as bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've managed to love myself, look after myself, focus on myself, um, and it's funny because you know when you say I don't want a relationship ever again. It's always th- so th- it happens, it's, isn't a, it? it's at those moments where you go, I'm never going to touch a man ever again, and and then you fall over one, <laughs> 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 and then you go, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen, and and yeah, so I had yeah, so I, f- I found a very loving man, um, had a very good relationship, and um, yeah, so. And are you are you guys still together? Yes.
1: Wow, how long is it? How long have you been together? So we've
3: known each other for four years. Um, the, we have a slight hiccup. We don't live in the same country, so uh, um, okay. but we will come overcome that issue in the future. Because um, obviously, I have children that I have to bring up at the moment. So this is a this is a long distance relationship. relationship. Now this is very
1: interesting. Um, how do you yeah tell us a bit about that because that presents bit, kind of a very particular challenges I think
3: yeah so, it, so you could call it challenges <laughs> but you could also call it exciting because uh, we get to have lots of holidays <laughs> visiting one that another um, so it's across the pond back and forth from the US uh-huh. um, and it, uh, it, it 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 has its challenges but at the moment it's a case of uh, you know we know we can't live together because he doesn't want to move to the UK he's been, been over many times and can't reconcile with moving over here um, and but I'd love to move to the US but I can't because I have uh, my children to bring up at the moment yes. um, and I'm their parent so I need to be here so my kids want to move to the US so once they finish there they would be happy to go now but I won't let them go now uh, once they finish their <laughs> education they may well move over so yeah so we'll see how it goes in the future
1: Wow so you could be making a big move yeah yeah I hope so yeah fantastic really great good to hear it's lovely to hear arnett mm.
0: i'm full of thoughts now <laughs> it's so fascinating listening to, to these stories yeah. it fills my head um, and i'm trying to remember what the original question, the was. question was
1: i suppose uh, what i was interested in was exploring the, the kind of the fallout mm. from coming out and you know there's there's sex and we can all fill our cup until it runneth over with all those exciting things but actually what we're looking for of course is that relationship. Yeah. And I wondered if how that psychological for you, psychologically, how yeah. that journey continued right, yeah. and, and 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 what were the challenges and also yeah. and, and how that worked out for you.
0: Uh, what's what's really resonating for me just sitting <laughs> listening to, to Deep and David is is that memory of of the family that I was a part of, that I'd had this relationship for, for a very long time with, with this woman and, you know, there was definitely love in that relationship and that sense of being contained in a family and then what happened after that? I moved out. I moved out very quickly afterwards and I I made a decision to to buy a property and because finances were very, very tight and difficult. I I bought an old property that needed lots of renovation. Um, And I can remember sitting in this house in winter that had no central heating, no heating, and the windows were falling out, and, and there was ice in the sink in the kitchen because it was so cold and thinking, what on earth am I doing? on my 50th birthday christmas eve sitting alone in in this house mm. because one of the things about being a parent is that so many of your friends are friends that are connected through your children you you build your social network very much around the children you know, your children are young you meet other families with young children and they grow up together and you grow up together as families and and i guess it's not unique to being a gay dad but just in terms of separating when you separate and you step out of that and you're not the person with the children it's how do you then relate back to those families and the couples with the children and the, the gatherings that would happen around those families. And suddenly you're not a part of that. Mm-hmm. And so as well as stepping out of my family, it felt that I'd stepped out of my social life as well, mm-hmm. of the social networks that I had. And, and it wasn't that people were rejecting me. It was more that I didn't know how to deal with that. I didn't know how to approach these people. I didn't know what their reaction would be. It's, to a, me. Com-
1: it's a comment on how our social roles prescribe yeah. our feelings of validation, that if you're a husband and a father, you go to a social event at school, yeah. that's who you are. Yeah. You're Tom and Jenny's dad. That's right,
0: yeah. but, but layered over that was <clears> the fact that the reason I had stepped out was because I was gay, and... I, I wasn't going around with a big banner around my neck saying, Hey, I'm a gay man. I, I still was very careful about who I said that to. I was very careful not to expose my children to pressures of, you know, people at school knowing, Hey, your dad's gay and and their friends and uh, so so I was very care I was very worried yeah about who i spoke that to and so all of these things put barriers between me and you know that social network that i knew so so i did go into a really really dark place which was it was it was two you know two real contradictory places on one side i absolutely maintained a sense of glee and pride in the fact that I'd had the courage to step out mm-hmm. and stand in my identity as a gay man but on the other side there was an intense loneliness that I had and to some extent there was at times almost even a hatred of the fact that I was gay and it was sometimes I would think why, why the hell am I gay if I wasn't gay, none of this would be happening right now. So mm. If I wasn't gay, then actually I could have just stayed with my family, and everything would have been fine. I wouldn't have financial problems. I would have this, you know, my family unit around me. My children would be with me. I'd be reading stories to my kids at night. And yet here am I, sitting in this bloody freezing house, mm. all alone. And so there were times where it was real, and it was a really dark point where I, yeah, you know, I was. Re- very actively contemplating suicide right were you seeking any help well that was the point that was the point that I went back went to the doctor and you know got some counselling through that but isn't it
1: ironic thinking of suicide which in my view or with the you know and I have personal experience of Mm -hmm. this is the would be the worst thing you could ever have done for your children I mean just the worst it's the gift that keeps on giving you never quite get over that something like that so that's but you certainly were making things hard for yourself on it. You had bought a house that was required huge amounts yep. of work. Maybe the house was a kind of metaphor for yourself, you know, these r- rattly windows yeah. uh, 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 and this kind of ice in the ice in the sink, you know. Maybe that was a kind of your personality, kind of writ large, yeah. you know. And it needed all that work and nurturing mm. and love and cherishing, mm-hmm. uh, and kindness, because I think that's something that we do take away from i i'll come to my experience in a bit but when you talk about how you felt i can feel that you took kindness away from mm. yourself to, yeah. and that blame and that guilt and that was yeah. something i certainly and, felt very right and, and
0: it's interesting because i i listened <clears throat> to what deep said just now and when he said the thing that he hadn't done was to actually look after himself mm. and to think about himself and what he needed in the whole mm. And I think what I was doing in buying that house, my preoccupation at that time was, I need a place that my children can come and visit me. I need a place that's big enough for my children to have their own rooms in this house. And I just really was not thinking carefully, and I wasn't thinking about what do I need in this time? And the reality that actually, I needed to put myself, in hindsight, (laughs) into uh, a place where actually I could nurture myself and take time for myself and work through what this meant for me and what this meant in terms of my relationships with my children and my partner that I'd left. And I didn't do that because I was thinking about Everybody else. Well, again,
1: don't you think that, that part of you one thinks I've come out. I've done this huge thing. Mm-hmm. I've taken this a uh, time yeah. for myself to make this huge statement about myself. I must now get on with trying to make everybody else yeah. come to terms with that. I'm, I'm now responsible for all of those people's journeys in coming to terms with the decision and yeah. the announcement I've made. Yeah. When, of course, in, and that's a very parenting
2: yeah.
1: attitude today, like, attitude to have so that's very. I think we. Everybody's nodding heads here. Mm. I think we're all mm. relating to that. Yeah. Somehow yeah. you
2: have to make it better. Yes, yeah. for everybody exactly. else. Well, because exactly. you fucked. Because you fucked up. Yeah. You know, yeah. in yeah. a yeah. sense. And it and might <coughs> be just carry on as normal. Yes. And let's not talk about <coughs> it. Yes. <Yeah>. For
0: because <laughs> for don't a, mention yeah. the war. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For a few months, uh, I stayed with uh, a colleague of mine, um, who you know, really kind man who was divorced and he had children and he had a house and he he, he let me have a room for a few months to to stay in and and I I know that my children you know they were welcome to come and be there with me but I know that they felt that it wasn't my space that they were coming into Uh, and that was a real driver for me about I need to have my own place where the children can come and it can become their second home mm. uh, and so that that became a real important bit for, thing given
1: the turmoil that you were going through how present were you for your children during this time
0: well in hindsight not
1: yeah.
0: no I that's the ironic thing is that I was doing these things for my children but my head was I don't know where mm. really and uh, it, it took a few years for for things to really settle down
1: and say, so what made you seek out help? What made you not do this mad, terrible thing and, 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 it was, and kill yourself? It
0: was the moment of uh, driving home from work one one dark winter's evening, and, and actually thinking about, OK, how much rope do I need? I, 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 yeah, There were some beams in the attic yeah. in the house that I was in. You were starting and, to work out. And I actually started to work mm. out the logistics of how much rope do I need? Because actually these beams were high enough. I could you know, put some rope around it and actually I could, you know, finish it quite easily up there. And and actually it was that vision of my children and how they would receive that and how Actually, I couldn't do that to them. That was the point. Made me make the phone call.
1: And who did you phone on it? I phoned the doctor. Yes. Made an
0: appointment with the doctor. And the doctor was really great. And I, yeah, in, in the telephone call initially with the doctor, I said, look, I need to talk to you. I'm concerned about counselling. And they said, um, yeah, I said a little bit about my situation. So they, they booked me a, a, a double session. Um, at the end of their surgery so that there wasn't a pressure of time and and I went and I just spoke through the whole thing and, and that's when they put me through and referred me through to counselling um, and, and that was really helpful because it was CBT um, Cognitive, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, therapy. <laughs> um, which wasn't into exploring all the background exploring all of the baggage but actually just helping me to focus on what do I need to do proactively to get me to next week. Mm. How do I just move my self forward step by step? And uh, so I did that for 10 weeks. And then uh, a little bit later, I went back and had some more counseling, which focused on the relationships in my life and exploring, you know, which relationships were really important. And what I was Giving out in terms of those relationships, and that was really interesting.
1: So, talking cure, did you have any medication prescribed?
0: I didn't. No. Does anyone? I I mean, I. It was offered to me, but I I, I made a clear choice. uh, I
1: really fought uh, having antidepressants Mm. uh, prescribed, and then. Not actually immediately after I came out, but actually several years ago when things were, I felt things were particularly bad, I I did uh, take Citalopran for about mm-hmm. eighteen months, and I'm not sure yeah. what effect it had or whether it was a placebo effect. But certainly uh, things did slightly improve, and I you know that it's important to know that that's yeah. also available for people. Um, my I really connect with this notion of you know the the, 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 the good. <sighs> The bad father Mm. who had done this terrible thing to his family. Um, My children were so desperately upset, as I said uh, before. In the previous podcast, it got to the point where they refused to talk to me and they wrote me this letter nine days after I buried my father. I think that was probably the lowest the lowest point. And we we had some counseling together. I mean, I felt overwhelming sense of guilt breaking up a family. Mm. Um, Did anyone else? just connect with that awful yeah. sense of you know, guilt is huge mm-hmm. the guilt is yeah. is crushing at mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. uh and i tell you the thing that really slayed me and still does is when someone says something kind to you i would just go you know somebody ring you up and say something nice or just a small kindness mm-hmm. and that really really whoo it just completely pulled the rug from underneath mm-hmm. me it's that one, it's that wonderful line in Clockwise. John Cleese. He says, "The despair I can put up with; it's the hope I can't stand." Yeah. <laughs> and there was a time when mm. you just were so you just you were just so caught up in that terribly negative view mm. of how you were that if anyone did anything kind for you, yeah.
0: it's, people people oh, used gosh. to say to me, "You're so brave to do this," yeah. and mm. it was the last thing on earth. that I Yeah, felt. let's talk yeah. about
1: bravery because people said that to me, and I think a lot of people say that to you. And often it's a precursor to them starting to talk a little bit about what's going on in their lives. Because one of the features of coming out is that suddenly you're a confidant mm-hmm. for other people's mm-hmm. relationship issues. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about bravery. Did you ever feel, did you ever feel brave? Did you feel brave, Deep?
3: Um, so at times I did, but at other times I didn't. Uh, when, if, did, when, did, when would, for example, when would you feel brave? So I felt brave, certainly, when I was decisive and I put my needs first because I knew that however hard it was going to be on my family, um, I I need to make sure that I'm in a good place to be able to look after them. And I wasn't in the right place to be looking after them in the in the relationship that I had at the time uh, with the person that I was living with, even though we were separated. Um, right. We had little to do with each other. I felt as though... I needed to be honest to my children about who I am as a person. I needed to be able to be authentic with them. Um, and when I can be that, I feel brave because I feel you know, incredibly proud that I can be open with my children and they know who I am rather than having to put on a mask and pretend to be somebody else. I don't want them to get to know somebody who's their father that they that is not the real person. Yeah.
1: And yet, arguably, that's how most people do live their lives, I think. Um, how about you, Arnett, did you feel you were brave? I, I would absolutely, you know, listen to you now, I, mean, yeah. I think you were incredibly brave. I would absolutely
0: you know? echo what Deep was saying. <coughs> I, for me, the decision to step out of my family and to step into my identity as a gay man, it did feel brave. It felt that I, I, I needed to make that step so that I could be true to who I am, for my children because I, I could feel growing, you know, this growing inside of me in my relationship. And for the last two to three years of my relationship, you asked me about being present for my children afterwards. But actually, I think for two to three years before my relationship finished, I wasn't present for the children either because yeah, absolutely. I, totally I had this growing sense of confusion inside of me so This preoccupation it's yeah. something that
1: hangs around like a black cloud above yeah, your head Yeah.
0: so so stepping out was was in a sense that first very brave th- move that i did and then yeah a number of times yeah at the beginning this speaking it to other people telling people at work telling yeah, the, you know the the head teacher at my child's school about this uh, so that they would be able to to deal with anything that might happen around my child those moments the other really big brave moment for me um, was when i first brought my my first you know, l- big boyfriend. My first you mm. know, s- significant relationship I had uh, was with a guy in London, and I was at the time doing some work in London, so my relationship existed in London. Mm. And then I made the decision to actually invite him back to my home mm-hmm. in Plymouth and to spend time with me and my children. And, and that was huge for me, to make that decision to do that um so, did,
1: tell us how that felt when that that day that you, you, uh, you
0: I was nervous excited um proud uh I I was I was excited to introduce him to my children um I was really worried about how my children would deal with this mm-hmm. um but it was it was just this this sense that this could be the beginning of a new reality mm-hmm. of me as a gay dad, having a boyfriend, and us being a family together. I you know, sitting around the table with my children, with my boyfriend, having dinner together or watching TV or going to the mm-hmm. cinema together, or going for a walk just doing those normal things that I used to always do as a father mm-hmm. in a family. And actually, here was a chance that I could do that again.
1: Suddenly there was a possibility. Yeah. It's like a like a, like spring with flowers yeah, coming bud right. and fl- yeah. new flowers.
0: Coming uh, and through. and I mean, that first relationship, you know, well, we lasted for, for nearly three years, but that did finish. Um, I'm now in a relationship which is, is moving on for four years now. Fantastic. My partner lives with me. He describes my four children as his stepchildren, even though two of them are older than him. <laughs> and And it's wonderful, and there's a real genuine acceptance Fantastic. both ways.
1: David, certainly... bravery.: Yes, bravery, uh, sir <laughs> Did you feel you were being brave?:
2: No, and I think uh, I, I think bravery is something that other people put on you. Ascribe they Give to you. you a label, yeah. say that you're brave. I felt probably the opposite of brave. I felt cowardice, really. But that was all, well, because I didn't do what I should have done probably years ago. And uh, I think it's all it's all tied up with guilt. Um, So I didn't feel that what I did in coming out was particularly brave. You know, it was something that I should have done. So therefore God. it wasn't brave. I actually feel more brave doing things like this because yes. this is far more nerve-wracking and it's far more putting your soul out there and, and laying your cards out on the right. table uh, for all to see and for people to judge you. Uh, so it's far more brave, I think, doing something like this.
1: And all writing a book.
2: and ri- Yeah, and <laughs> that, writing a book. But that was, that was part of my process of therapy and coming yeah. out and coming to terms with who I am. And that's not... Uh, you know, that's not something that has happened within a year or two years. I mean, it goes on. Mm. And the more that I find I'm in situations like this, talking about my experiences, and, you know, talking with other guys who've had similar experiences, it all helps.
1: It gets easier.
2: And it gets easier. And you get to learn to love yourself and like yourself mm, yeah. and that you are OK and that you, your life is valid uh, uh, and that you are, you know, you have much as much standing in the world as anybody else. Um, but at that point, which we're talking about coming out, and, you know, did you feel brave? No, I didn't feel brave. I
1: think this uh, self worthlessness is a very, very powerful thing that one can sl- slip into easily. I want to finish on something that my ex wife said that was, I thought was brilliant. We were going through turmoil, you know, usual agonies. She would sometimes. When we, before we separated, I remember once she, in bed, she leant over to me and whispered in my ear, the time to be happy is now. Um, and of course she's right. Um But what she did say, one of the things that I clung on to, is that with children, we have to model the behaviour as adults that we would hope that our children might be able to adopt if they're presented with similar kinds of situations. So respect compassion, kindness, all of these things are really important and it was something that I clung on to even in the darkest moments because I thought that whatever else happened between the two of us we really tried to model that behaviour for our children I want to thank David Arnett and Deep for this fantastic podcast, thank you very much guys Uh, and uh, the Rainbow Dads look forward to Uh, talking to you about another subject very soon. Thank you.